Well, let the record show. We did start on time, but uh, we, we apologize for that sound issue. We have it fixed now. We won't cut into the five minutes that's been. We'll go long. <laughs> no, but uh, what I was saying was it's great to be with you all again this morning in another episode of Deep Dive. I have with me here this morning, uh, afternoon rather, Kerry. And Josh gave the message this week, yes. so he's in the hot seat. Sure. Uh, and uh, we are looking forward to diving deeper into Mark 10 and uh, looking into that. But uh, we're just going to throw up a little prayer to start with, and then we're going to read the passage together, and we're going to get straight into it. Lord God, we just thank you for this time, this space. We thank you we can explore your word deeper. Give us uh, revelations of you and your character and your person in this time. Amen. Man. Yes, and uh, just a reminder, if there is any questions that you'd love to have answered by the man himself who gave the message, or us maybe, uh, then put them into the chat because we'd love to uh, actually answer the questions that are on your heart. So put them in and we'd love to get them too. Uh, but let's start with the passage. So we're going from Mark 10 and it's verse 32. And verse 30, 32 goes like this. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then James and John the sons of Zebedee came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And when the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city uh, city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do to you? Do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you immediately. 
he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. What a great story. And uh, it's, just, it's such a uh, fantastic passage. I might, before I hand it over to one of you guys to step in, is uh, just paint a picture for you because what you have here right at the start is quite an, an attention to detail of the geography of Israel. And uh, what's happening is they're coming out uh, from where they were teaching before and as you come to Jerusalem, and this is why it's such a prized city, is you actually have to go uphill the whole way. If you think, the Dead Sea is actually one of the lowest points of geography in the world. It sits so far below sea level. And so they're coming all the way up, and Jerusalem is one of the highest points of Israel. And so even in Jerusalem, what you have is it's on this dome of a mountain almost, isn't it? Like, so you come down and then there's a valley in between. And so there's quite a lot of moments where it says here, they were walking on the way up to Jerusalem. They're literally walking up. It's not like some metaphorical thing about like, oh, they're ascending to Jerusalem. You know, it's actually literally geographically, they're walking up to Jerusalem. And so, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I find it harder to walk downhill. But nonetheless, it's still exhausting as they start to do it. Like you're going up and you're trekking and you're carrying produce and, you know, they're doing all their livelihood with them. It's not just walking uphill. So that's the picture we get given right at the start. Coming from that, what stood out to you guys? <laughs> well, I think if you're jumping on the back of, of that, we just do the geography because it just kind of dawned on me that, far, that first part where it says, so they were going up to Jerusalem. And then if you just, that next next part of it is Jesus was leading the way. So even though they were trying to track up this um, up, which, you know, walking uphill can be can be harder. And then Jesus is also then leading the charge on that. You know, it's not like the group group huddling together. It's he's leading the charge. He's, he's the up. And, you know, rightly so that they were astonished, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sure, like, you know, I mean, I, I know when I go uphill, I'm, I'm, I'm puffing and then you're just like, but he's up there, like you know. I've got to get up. I've got to, you know, keep keep following, keep following him because he's 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 booking it. I would imagine <laughs> he's marching toward his death proclamation. <laughs> yeah, he's he, and he's full steam's ahead. Mm, mm. That's awesome. Well, that's a great physical insight. But yeah, maybe yeah. let's talk about some of the uh, aspects that. Uh, what's standing out for you in this? And, and you talked a lot about you know the suffering and the request of James and John. Mm in the message. Maybe is there another part that sort of stands out for you as we come into this deep dive or is, the, is there some more stuff that you have? There was, um, well, it was interesting preparing it all and there was many different kind of, I don't know, there were a couple of different things that stood out going through, going through it all, which um, um, briefly uh, like looking at the, um, and I think obviously from what we heard on Sunday, the, the biggest thing that stood out was the, um, the whole suffering side of things. Um, and that was the biggest revelation uh, for myself was the uh, James and John story in part and how that all weaved in. Um, I think the other thing that, like, you know, stood out was the, um, the we think the glory, like glory, and especially in those times, that was to have lots of servants. And then Jesus is flipping this and saying um, not to have lots of servants but to serve many. 
and I think that's a, and, and especially I think for today's society, I think that's a big thing because especially when we look at our own um, sort of, if we want to get promoted or our success in the business world or anything, is you have lots of people Absolutely. under you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because I was then doing a little bit of kind of research into into that and then ancient, looking at um, ancient Chinese um officials and lords and that they would grow their fingernails out so long that they couldn't hold anything or do anything with them and so they needed servants and so it was actually a mark of both respect and power because the lord couldn't do anything you know that that um high official had grown their fingernails so far out they needed the servants um for them for their help and and for them and so that was a mark of of their power and authority, but then here Jesus is then challenging that, flipping it, is that you don't need that many servants. You need to be able to serve others. Mm, that's awesome, and it mm. takes it a bit back to what we were saying last week, you know, and it's just incredible how it all lines up, you know, but it's this consistent message of the kingdom of God is actually counter to what we generally assume in this world, you know, and the concept of power, well, no, 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 don't take the position from the right hands, the right or left seat, take the position of service, you know, take the position of uh, humble, you know. Uh, yeah, you are going to say something, Kerry. I was just going to say it's, it's, it's such a contrast for James and John to ask this just after Jesus has said, you know, I'm going to be handed over to the Romans. They'll mock me, they'll spit on me, they'll give me the third degree, they're going to kill me. And, and it says... Um, in this one, that that when they were walking with Jesus, they were puzzled and a little afraid because they still didn't understand what was going mm. to happen with to Jesus. But here he is, he's saying it quite clearly, I'm going to Jerusalem to be killed. And yet in the mind of, of John and James and the other disciples, because they're jealous that they got in first, they're all thinking that they're going to sit at the right hand of Jesus and be in power with Jesus. So they still don't get it, even though Jesus is saying it plainly, they still miss the point. And so for me, I think, well, what am I missing the point? Where am I missing what Jesus is saying to me? Well, I don't understand. I'm, I've got an upside down view of the kingdom of God. I'm still thinking in terms of my culture, which is, you know, to, to get ahead, like you were saying, Josh, and, and that, you know, we revere people who are, uh, you know, in positions of authority. And often those people in positions of authority are not taking a service type of attitude to their job. They're, um, yeah, they're, they're taking glory. Mm. I think it's the, we can still, it's not to say that you can't have, you know, or like servants or people under you because of the nature oh, of absolutely. things. So the, if you're a leader, you, you will have those that are going to follow you naturally. That's still going to happen, but it's how you go about all that, which I think is is the important part to, to you know to take away from this is how is your attitude towards that and serving them as well as they're serving you. Absolutely, and yeah. even in leadership, you know, we talk about different models of leadership. And are you going to be dictatorial? Are you going to be an authoritarian? Or are you going to do servant leadership? You know, which is that whole model, like you're saying, are you going to lead from a position of service rather than be someone that leads from commanding instruction, power? Um, and I love what you're saying there, Kerry, about, you know, well, Jesus is telling them, I'm going to die. We're going to be mocked. We're going to be flogged. We're going to be... Uh, tortured essentially and crucified in the most uh, prolific of ways. 
And they still ask, and it's not that they just still ask, then Jesus gives them another out opportunity by saying, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? So it's, it's like, hang on, you guys don't completely get it yet. He's giving another offering an opportunity. You, you sure you can do this? Like, you know, I've been telling you three times now, this is the position we're going to take up. And you don't like, it, he says, you don't know what you're asking. And they still say we can. And as you went to explain, that actually leads to a martyring of them later on and going further. But it, and maybe we'll touch on this question in a second, but it does lead to this whole idea of, uh, well, what is it actually that the cup we drink as Christians? You know, because that's essentially the, the role we're taking up too, you know, to live this life like Jesus is to drink a similar cup. Um, but before we get to that, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say in the in the Peterson version, the message, uh, when uh, Jesus says to them, you know, can you drink this cup? He says that they answered, sure, why not? <laughs> it's so blasé almost. It gives this a connotation of, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're it, up for it. <laughs> I was just the gun ho, the gun ho attitude. I mean, it's like it's like as if you know, it's a really expensive. Like you're at a restaurant, it's a really expensive meal, and I say, like, are you sure you want to pay? Like pay for this? And they, it's like again, slip like putting the bill down and you go. Oh, yeah, no, I got this. Like, you know, I can I can pay for this. Totally. And that's what happens, you know. It's because they, they accept the fee, you know, because Jesus says, you will drink the cup I drink. But they had probably this idea still, yes, we're going to be right and left hand. He gives them the, okay, you can drink it. But then he follows it up with, but that's not my position to give to you. Mm. You know, and so their almost ambition got ahead of the reality, you know. And um, so maybe we'll cycle back to that question. What does it actually mean for us to drink of the cup. That's an image and a half. What does that mean? It's it's a good image, isn't it? Because we all know what it means to drink of a cup, that you're actually, you know, whatever is in that, whether it's, you know, good or bad or poisonous or whatever, you're going to drink that cup and take it in and that's going to affect affect your life. And that's really what Jesus calls us. He calls us to be living sacrifices, to to live out the way he wants us to live, to acknowledge him as Lord and Saviour, to say, okay, today, Lord, what do you want me to do? That sort of understanding of he's really in charge of my life. And and I know that, you know, in my journey, I've, I feel like I have lots of good ideas that God could do for me, but... Um, they don't always seem to work out that way. <laughs> and he calls me to do other things. And so that, for me, that's um, saying, okay, not my, not my way, Lord, but your way. And some of those ways, like you were saying on Sunday, Josh, they're not ways that I would have chosen. You know, I would have had a very different plan for my life. I thought a pretty good plan. But God actually had a different plan. And some of that involved, you know, some suffering. Mm, mm, yeah, and it's... You know, yeah, it's it's that whole like you don't want to you don't want to choose choose these things, and it's and it's not to say that once you drink, you know, from your cup and and to be these living sacrifices that all of a sudden, you know, these big waves are going to now come crashing down on you. It's just these these things are going to happen, but Jesus is going to be there with you because He's drunk from His cup and has made the ultimate suffering and sacrifice so that you can go with that journey through with him to get to the seats that have been 
provided for you or being prepared being more or more so being prepared for you you know it's the whole journey to mold you through through your own life and using your own events and sometimes it's and sometimes it's real hard and sometimes in those moments you're like you 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 want to take a step back from it all and and, and question question it all Mm. And that leads me to the image that I actually think of about drinking to the cup, which is quite often at festivals and, and celebrations and stuff, what would happen was uh, at the festival, the family would actually sit together around a table. Uh, and in this case, he's referencing the disciples as family. Um, and they would share literally a cup of juice. And it was that in, often it was in reflection, say, for Passover or some sort of way to communally say we're in this together. And so he's also using an image of uh, community, like of that family unit, that sacred group that's celebrating together to actually say, you're coming into this aspect of my life as well. Um, yeah. Mm. It's that inviting, inviting nature of it all. It's an invitation, yeah. and a challenge. Mm. And ceremonial too. And we often kind of like don't like this idea of ceremonial because it sounds rather traditional. It's like <laughs> stand as the uh, party arises, please. And, you know, we have those like, connotations. But actually a ceremony can be quite beautiful too, you know. And um, I don't know if you got to experience a Sabbath while you're in Israel. But if you get to go amongst and sit amongst it and actually some of the things that they do – are quite honouring, like the father or the dad was actually, he would engage with his wife by singing a song to her of gratitude. And he would say, sing a song of thanks to his children, which it just really brings this whole value to the whole family unit too, you know, um, which was just beautiful. So I wonder, you know, we often, we talk about this suffering and stuff and I think a lot of people's mind will go to, oh, I might be outcast amongst my social media standings or stuff like that. You know, there's people in China that are dying for their faith still. Uh, and there's people in ISIS countries, let's go extreme, mm. that are being killed for their faith still. Absolutely. In the Western side, we sit quite privileged, don't we? And we've removed a lot of this suffering and... and um. I'm just guess I'm wondering what are some real examples of what it might mean to live a life of the cross, to drink from the cup and still have an understanding. So when we're through it, we actually are aware of this is God going to be working through this even though it's painful. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think we should, just because we're not in, in prison chains or anything like that, diminish the fact of the mockery and the, um, you know, rejection that you can feel as a Christian in certain places. And, you know, there's there's plenty of, of examples of Christians being taken to court in Australia over things that they've said that are just faith-based. Um, so I think, you know, we don't want to diminish that because whenever we stand up for Jesus, then we're standing up. Um, and taking that cup and that can be in the smallest things it can be amongst your family who don't believe it can be in your employees who are very anti-christian and so every time we take that step and say you know jesus is my lord and i'm following him i think we're drinking the cup um not to to say that you know i want to diminish the persecution that is happening and I would love to think that if I were in that situation that I would be strong enough to say, no, I'm standing for Jesus and I lose my life. 
And, um, but, you know, I don't know if, if when I came to that, that would be the case. But I know that in certain circumstances in my life where I've had to make a choice, will I follow Jesus or will I follow this way, then praise God, I've been able to say I'll follow Jesus. So... Mm. That's great. I think we jump on the the big stuff really quickly because we think we think the that that's the important things. But like like what you're saying, Gary, it's the even even the small things of of when someone asks you how was your Sunday or what did you get up to on the weekend, and we really and we just gloss over. Oh no, it was good. And you don't just even, relaxed. Just relaxed. You know, you don't even you don't even say that you went to church or you or, you know or you had coffee afterwards. You know, or any of the other things that. That happened on the Sunday. That was a you know massive important part part of you, but it's just I just don't have just don't want to say it out of out of fear or or um, you know what that might look like on you or the thoughts of the you know the person that you're talking to. Uh, even I mean even I struggle sometimes with that when someone asks me, "Oh, how was your weekend?" and I'm like, "Good," <laughs> and that's all. And you know that's all. And we do live in an era of political correctness where there are certain things you're allowed to say and some things you're not allowed to say. And Christianity generally as a faith is not something that you can express, but you can express atheism and pretty much any other religion and you're free to do it. But speak about Christianity and you're seen as a bigot, uh, you're seen as uh, somebody who's old-fashioned, uh, somebody who really isn't, you know, living in the world today and has, you know, distorted values Absolutely. There's a huge um, societal, you know, uh, suffering, if you would, to take on that place within your um, community and such. And I think another way that you can maybe understand suffering too is there's an emotional suffering. You know, um, the, the, the whole aspect of um, when you have loss, you know, and so maybe uh, when a relationship breaks down or you lose a relationship or if you're sitting in a place where there is nothing and you're in anticipation. You know, I've seen that many of my friends walk away from faith because the suffering of not being able to be with a partner is so real, you know. And, and then there's also, I think, you know, we've got this whole thing of mental health at the moment. There's a massive aspect of suffering around that uh, and someone unable to understand why God has this, well, it's not that he puts it on them, but that's how I've often heard it described is why have I got this almost exactly. disease, illness, um, but how is God using that for his glory, you know, like and holding true to your faith in that, you know. Um, the, the suffering cup, I think, it can really be del- like elaborated a lot more than what we're talking to. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all individual that's, uh, as, as well. We can, we can talk about it generally, but, you know, we, I don't think we've got the time to delve if we really no. wanted to delve deep into our own, our own, our own cups as, uh, as well because it's going to be a personal. It's personal, absolutely. Yeah. As, as, as like the relationship also with, mm. with Jesus is going to be a personal one as well. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely personalised. And uh, that, let me just say right now that uh, if you do feel like you're struggling with suffering, uh, all of us on stage and so many more like Simon and, and other people within the church are here to talk to you if you find you can relate to someone. So uh, please do reach out and we do want to help you with that and maybe help reconcile how God's in that world with you. So we would just put that extension out. But let's... And a bit like how Bartimaeus actually yeah. called out when he had a need. Yep. You know, he spoke up for what he wanted. You went right where I was thinking of going next. <laughs> How good. So, yeah, 
that was something you didn't necessarily touch as no. much on, Josh. But do you have any insights from some research or stuff that you did in that? The yeah, I didn't. Just to, I think to give that like sort of why why I didn't really touch on it. As I I thought, well, one, given the time, um, you know, if I had all the time in the world, then you would want to you know go through it all. But but two, also, you know, I was thinking just keep it simple, and then. You know, we've got we've got these times all to talk about it. We wouldn't have had deep dive. No, no. So we can we can get into it now. But you know, if if any, you know, if you if people wanted, you know, a, a kind of a reason why I didn't necessarily touch it, um, it was just to just kind of keep it all simple for for everyone and even myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but my I would say my ins like insights is the from my from my research and, and reading it is is the f- the faith of Barnabas. I think is is a big one, um, and just kind of. One to one to look at how you can re- replicate his own his faith in your own life, because um, he you kind of like you know you can kind of see the steps of like how he cry, cries out in it to the, um, and and kind of how that kind of applies to us. So it's like you know he 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 cries he cries out he knew who Jesus was he cries out and says son of David. Um, you know, he he hum like he have mercy on me. He's humbling himself to it. The um, he's calling him rabbi. He's hum- like he's submitting himself and not acknowledging the teacher and the authority that that then Jesus has. And then, um, Jesus it Jesus asks him what he wants. And you would think Jesus asks like uh, you know everyone around him going what, like that's a silly question to ask. You you obviously can see what he wants. Why are you asking? But it's that whole Barnabas is asking, asking, you know, and is being very specific about um, what he's asking Jesus for. It's not a general, general thing. He's being real specific there. And, and I had a thought around mm. that that I maybe can add to that is I think this is something we find as taboo is to because we're always saying you got to sit and listen to God. You got to hear what He has to say to you. But I think. God genuinely, like a good father that he is, wants us to come to him with what we want, you know, and there's, that's twofold. So one, he can give us the good gifts that he wants to give us, or two, he can help recorrect us to understand what's better for us, you know, and it's not just no, it's actually let me show you what's better for you, you know, and that can go from all the way superficial stuff like, oh God, I want a new car, you know, and sometimes you just need a new car and God has, I've heard stories where God's provided keys for people, for cars and stuff. But in the same breath, maybe it's like, well, you don't need that $50,000 car. Let me show you some, some uh, what it means to be good steward with what you have and, and actually direct you in a way of, for a heart for how you can actually be a better giver or something. Um, and, and so I think that's twofold. Yeah, I was just going to say that... Um obviously Jesus knows what he needs and he knows what he needs in a holistic sense. He knows he needs salvation. He knows he needs a whole lot of things. But it's so honouring of Bartimaeus to say, what can I do for you? So he's actually allow- he actually allows us to ask for the things that we want, even though he knows we might be asking for the wrong thing, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and give us that responsibility, respect our personhood, respect our will. What can I do for you? Yeah, I think it's a, the the respect to well, what would you like, yeah. you know, not not just, you know, we, we want to be able to submit ourselves, but 
and 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 be able to follow. But it's also two way a two way street here, where it's like, well, what, what what would you like? And then and then it goes, oh, well, yep, good. I can I can provide that one. Rethink that. Like, I've got a better idea for you. But, you know. That, you know, what you're saying is even reflected two verses before that. Mm. It actually, Jesus stops and says, call him. You know, yeah. Jesus is never too busy for the people that need him. You know, and that's such a, a great model to try and live our life by is who is it that needs us? Not because they need us, but because they need the light that lives within us, you know. And actually, Jesus, you need to stop and you say, come into the world, you know, like join this world that is the light of Jesus, you know, that gives that hope and life. And even he's on his way to Jerusalem, yeah. yet he stops and he ministers. To on the way man. to his grand mission. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we can get so totally focused. I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And, and God will bring somebody in sideways and say, hang on, I want you to stop and just do this for the moment. Be in the present. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The, um, I was just I was just thinking it because and it dawned on me that the this also could be very reflective. Like I think what we're saying in our in our prayer life as well is that uh, is to stop and because I think we can be it's like just, it goes by really like it can go by real quick or we can just be very you know general general. There's like, okay, forgive me of sins and you know you know and you'd be thankful for like you know these parts but but to actually stop and actually in like what we've been saying be specific about some of those um aspects of life like i said like if it was a car even in your own sort of prayer life or or um you know different a- aspects of just 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 asking and being specific both in asking for you know something that you might want or need in life but also maybe in that bit bit of forgiveness as well because it'd be really easy just to be blanket Look, there's my, you know my sins. I don't want to get into it. You know them. Like, it's like, no, 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 you know, take a step back to realize what they are and, and you know, just go, go through it. So good, so good. And, and, you know, before we wrap up, I'd love to touch on these last two words of these conversations too. There's two aspects. One is go, Jesus says. And, and that whole aspect of release, it's immediate release. Once you recognize the good work done in your life by Jesus, don't just hide back in a life that was or don't just slip back into the crowd. You've actually got to tell the world about the work that Jesus has done in your life, the good works that God does in your life. And he follows that up by your faith has healed you. What do you reckon that your faith has healed you? I'm going to throw it to the group. Well, it's interesting. Peterson's got your faith has saved and healed you because the Greek word often can be saved and healed at the same um, it's lovely, I think, that Jesus uh, gives him the, your faith has healed you. Um, and it's, it's like uh, saying to us, well, you know, God really gives us everything, but we need to take responsibility as well. We need to step up. We need to go like you say. We need to put our faith, put our trust in Jesus. And so he's sort of honouring again that decision that he made to cry out for for help. He's cried out for help because he is son of David, because he is the Messiah. He's got that faith. And so Jesus is acknowledging, well, your faith has brought this about. Yeah. Lovely. Mm, he's, he's, he's been there. Sorry. He's been specific. That's a tongue, tongue twister. Um, he's been specific with he's been specific with Barnabas about, you know, what what that was that saved him. And, and I think that's really exciting for us. It's, you know, it's our own faith that will save us. 
and it's our own our own faith that we, that we can have that relate that relationship with with God and with Jesus. I think that's a you know I think for us that's a real exciting thing because all it is is our faith and all it is that that's relationship our faith and very honouring mm. for the Creator of the universe to say your faith has healed you. <laughs> mm, just a little bit of faith. Absolutely, and they're the two words that really stand out for me. It's personalised. The only person that has control over your faith is yourself. And it's not the crowd cheering you on. It's not even Jesus calling you in. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to have the faith. And uh, it's also an encouragement in how we act as vessels to encourage people with their faith. It's not what we do for them. It's only when they make the decisions. And, you know, we so often feel like, oh, the pressure is that we have to bring them to faith. No, no, no. Their faith saves them. You have your faith, and in that, doing the work that you're called to do, God's going to do the rest of it, you know. He's going to make that, that, that space something where they can come into that space themselves, and that's super important too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's the entire reason why Jesus asks, what do you want, or what do you want me to do? Is it's their decision. It's not like, I'm about to heal that's you, right. and they're like, yes. It's like, no, 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 their deci- Barnabas' decision was, I want to be, I want to be able to see. Yes. And I want to be healed. It was like what you're saying, Caleb. Was, it, it, they're, it, it's the disciples brought them over, and you know everyone can and can bring them. But it was his decision that he wanted. At the end of the day, absolutely. And even on that, it's his decision that sums up this chapter. Immediately, he received his sight, and what does he do? He followed Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he could have just stayed there. And Jesus told him, go, like, you know, but he's following Jesus a little bit more. And I'm sure from that, and I'm reading into it now, though, is he's going to go and tell the good works it's done in his life. Guys, it's been a great conversation. We, uh, we've hit a, a good half hour, so we might wrap it up there. But again, if there's any questions, uh, this has been a, a fascinating conversation. So if there's anything about it that's just pricked your ears, tugged your heart, um, it just moved your spirit. Uh, pop it in a chat. We will get back to it, and we may even talk about it next week if it's uh, if we can do. So please do talk, put those questions in the chat box. Um, we're just going to wrap up in a prayer. Josh, would you mind for us? I can do that. Thanks, mate. Heavenly Father, I pray. Thank you that thank you that we can come here today. That we can sit in your Word once again. That we can sit and we can share. We can hear everyone's viewpoints, and and that it can really just speak to us, Lord. And Lord, I pray that if anything of this has touched anyone, that it in that it, anything has been brought up in their hearts, that you were there with them, Lord, and that we can we can be there with those people through through their own. Uh, cups and through their own cups that they have to take and their own sort of suffering, Lord. But Lord, also I pray that we have faith like Barnabas, Lord, and that we can we can have that faith and that we can go out and we can we can just share our faith with everyone else and that when we're we're called to go out, Lord, be uh, be with everyone through the week, Lord. And yeah, I just pray in your name, Amen. 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 Well, thanks again for joining in, guys. We'll see you Sunday or next week. Yeah. Catch you then.